You're listening to Not the Sermon with Eric and Jamie. Guys, uh, Phoenix has is, is got Munchausen's by proxy, except with tech equipment. He causes it's really sick. He really causes he causes problems with it, and we're gonna have a, a like a, a a Gypsy Rose situation. G- <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard. They're gonna get out of jail because they it's murdered real. Mama. It's, it's real. Okay. It's really sick. D- it's you, hold on. Explain what you're talking about. Explain so, what Munchausen's, so Munchausen's by, proxy by proxy is like a mental illness where you uh, in cause someone in your family usually a child or an elderly parent to be sick for the purpose for the, of, of getting attention, getting attention and, and yeah. notoriety and stuff like that and then uh, no. gypsy rose blanchard y'all if y'all don't know who gypsy rose is you got to go to her instagram and check out her outfit of the day right now it was anyway, one of the golden girls right no she was a chick that spent 10 years in prison for planning the murder of her mom and she just got out though, and she technically didn't murder her mom. It was technically her boyfriend who got life in prison, and he, she has since moved way on. She's like got like millions of TikTok or uh, TikTok and Instagram followers. She's an influencer now. I'm talking ten days out of prison, dude. She's wow. an influencer. Wow. Um, so if you don't know who Gypsy Rose Blanchard is, oh my god. So her mom kept her sick. Yeah. Her whole childhood. She, yeah. Right. So, because the mom wanted to feel important, and yeah, dude, they they had a house built by Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. because of that. Um, they had a make a wish, a few make a wish. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do you get to make a wish? You know, <laughs> it's it's make wishes. Yeah, make wishes at this point. Um, and, and plus, you know, different fundraisers. I mean, they lived off right. fundraisers and disability. Um, right. But her, their, her mom was. But gym. it was all fake. Her mom was making her she, daughter. She had sick. a mental illness. Yeah, Jeez. and so there, there's a Hulu movie I think about it. But so Phoenix. Yeah. Is always walking around complaining about how sick our equipment is. How sick is. the equipment, ever nothing works. It just started. It just started doing this thing, and now we have to buy something else. <laughs> sick. What can I say? I've seen him in here like like spraying stuff on the equipment before. <laughs> he didn't know I saw him. He's, he goes, yeah. He's like sleep. He's slowly poisoning baby, sleep. <laughs> he's slowly poisoning the board every day. Yeah, yeah. He puts these little moisture packets in the hardware so it seeps <laughs> out slowly over time. Slip a little ethylene glycol on so, the coffee. I mean, you gotta think about it. He was just complaining about this board and this Mac, and then hey, well, I don't know why the board just died in the in the worship <laughs> right, center. Right. All of this, all of a sudden, you know that never happened before. Phoenix was never here. happened, man. So and we're starting to get suspicious. All the equipment that I bring in to replace it, Phoenix, have you ever? That's my to... equipment. Never goes wrong. Phoenix, you're the, you look like the kind of guy that when you put out a candle you act like you're choking it like just just be quiet just be quiet (laughs) what's going on jamie (laughs) oh man how are you eric i'm feeling especially dark jamie i I feel i feel the aura your aura today is a little off man i'm not gonna lie like you just you feel like you could just burn the world down i i I probably could um (laughs) You know, it's it's I you know I had an experience yesterday where I felt like my brain uh, exploded. Okay, um, and then I went to sleep and had you ever had like a reboot sleep? Mm. Like it was different than just like I'm going to sleep. It was like a full reboot, mm. and so that's what I had today. And thankfully, everyone was late because I wasn't even awake when everybody was talking about being late. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I don't know why, which is weird, but yeah, I'm here, dude. So. Uh, Get ready for some edits, baby, because we're feeling <laughs> dark this morning. Oh boy, we! I'm I'm pretty light. I'm bright know, with the presence there and the happiness, no and the joy of the Lord. There is no you. There's there no is me. no me. There's Jamie's only like us. Buddy the Elf. Yeah, and Pastor Warren. I love us. smiling. Smiling's my favorite. Yeah, kind of makes me mad sometimes. So okay, let, let me ask you a question. Yeah, since we're because we're officially shooting the Scublon right now. Oh, we're right? shooting it. Yeah. Should I sing or do you think we're good? I think we're good. Okay. I don't want music. <laughs> So, dude, 
we're at the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah, we are. That we are. You have been a pastor, student pastor, in some aspect now for several years. Yeah. Here, so, here for seven, but total about 12. Yeah. What's it like being a pastor? Like, like what, like to you, because that... I'm, because most of our listeners yeah. um, aren't going to be in ministry. Like, that's not their, mm-hmm. their full-time job. And, of course, just because it's not a full-time job, that means you're not in ministry, right? I mean, we believe yeah. in the priesthood of, of believers, and everyone uh, everyone gets to work, right? Yeah. But um, as when ministry is your job, I think we, we— Phoenix, don't touch the new piece of equipment. He's smothering it he right is. now. He is. He's, he's breaking it before we even get a chance to use it. All right, I'm sorry. Shh, don't sleep. So what, basically, what's it what's it like in my experience being a pastor? What's like, it like yeah? What's yeah. it like being a pastor? So there's man? there's two sides of it, and uh, I think this is going to speak to two sort of ditches when people think about a pastor. First off, pastors admit it: you have one of the best jobs you could possibly have. Yeah, like I'm not even talking about from like a, it's not about it's not like a health and benefits because we don't no. really have those. <laughs> but uh, like as far as like your job, your sole job is to get closer to the Lord intentionally. And bring other people with you. Yeah, that's like good. that's the baseline of being a pastor. Like you, people follow you as you follow God. Yep, um, that's amazing. You get to be there for some of people's best moments, and you get to be there for a lot of people's worst moments. Yeah, you know, a death, addiction, you know, failure, um, wins, marriages, new births. You know, it's funny whenever someone makes an appointment and shows up in my office, I'll usually go, "How's it going?" Yeah. Just you know, being cordial, and they're like, "Well, well," and I'm like, Jamie. "I'm like, well, you didn't make an appointment with me to tell me that life was great." Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, no one does that. So, but I, I want to be honest because any pastor out there, because pastors have, I, I feel like when I talk to them, they 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 feel like they have to justify their existence too mm-hmm. much. So yeah, they're always sure. talking about how hard and how yeah. difficult it is. Like, dude, be honest. Yeah. It is like, this is awesome. It's so rewarding. Not, not like I said, not from like the, like the pay or the, you know, whatever else you might think the benefits are, but like seriously from the work that you get yeah. to do, there is no more rewarding work. Yeah. On the other side, what people that are not in ministry don't understand is we are often, in fact, a lot of more times than not, Dealing with people in their lowest points. Yeah, like you said, people don't come to a pa- to talk to a pastor to tell them how great things are. I mean, right. occasionally they do. Um, it's kind of like a website form. Like you never go on a website to look at side effects for a med because only the people <laughs> that have the terrible <laughs> side effects are going right. to post. Right. right? Um, so you know, good things happen. But yeah, pastors um, being a pastor is difficult at times because you know, first off, there's uh, responsibility that you mm-hmm. don't have, like Paul literally says, teachers, you are held to a, you will be judged by a different standard. Yeah. So what's it what's it like waking up knowing? And this may be a good question for you, and this may be like a, a very real question for the audience, knowing that your job, livelihood, and eternal destination <laughs> is dependent on your personal morality. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's pretty heavy. It's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sure. be bad. Sure. But like the idea that I can't be bad sometimes makes me want to. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I, I was actually talking with my wife not too long ago, and I was going through all the things, you know, I was like, there was there was a certain car I wanted. Mm. Uh, I don't need this. Car. I don't need this vehicle. Right. Yeah. But it's like my dream vehicle. And I'm like, man, will I ever get this vehicle? And, and I'm like, you know, but but like, what message would that send to the congregation sure. if I get this really nice vehicle? Yeah. And it's all like, but a, a guy who's a plumber 
He doesn't think about that. Oh, he could drive the biggest 3,500, six-inch gold whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about but, it. Yeah. But, but everything you drive, everything you say, your presence online, you're never not a pastor. You, exactly. You're, you can never be fully off. Right. So, it's a public office, basically. Yeah, so when I'm in the grocery store, so when an electrician is in the grocery store, he's not wiring up wall sockets. Yeah. Right. He's 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 buying kumquats or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Whenever I'm in the grocery store, I'm still a pastor. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm buying produce and I'm shopping for stuff, people come up to me and they're like, Pastor Jamie, will you pray? And look, I, I love that. Like, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I love it. But at the same time, the, the other side of that coin is that it it's hard. You, you feel like you can never escape. Yeah. And, and the work is never done. Oh, the work's never done. There's no... Uh... You know, there's no goal, right? right? I mean, there is, and but that goal resets itself with every human being you come into contact with, <laughs> right? You know, well, um, it's, it's truly like shepherding, yeah, right? Someone which uh, that's not very relevant to our culture because there are very few shepherds, but but I mean, like, you watch sheep, that's mm. what you do, and then they wander off, and then you get them back, and then they try to go over a cliff. You're like, don't do that, that's stupid, and then some of them do it anyway, yeah. Uh, and then the next day, wash, rinse, repeat. It, yeah. It's just the same, the same thing. And then some sheep go to the other, uh, go to the other farm because the grass looks greener over there, and you're yeah. like, nah, it's not, you know. Yeah. But it's, but, I, but at the same, yeah, it's this duality of I absolutely love being a pastor. Can't imagine doing anything else. But it it is a lot. It's mm-hmm. it's a it, and your ex, the expectations are super high. Like we're expected to help people find jobs, find places to live, settle uh, um, uh, disputes disputes between others. Yeah. Um, all this stuff, you know. Oh, be an expert in an, in a, in a dead language that yeah. an ancient document was written in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, have wise counsel that you give people. Um, act like like a judge, you know, in deciding matters. Be the CEO of an organization and make sure it's fiscally responsible. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. Yeah, but I love it. Yeah, no, it's it. it's great. And I was I was talking to someone the other day. And they made a really great point. I can't not do this. Yeah, I'm a slave to this. Yeah, the Lord gave me a revelation, you know, just a, a few months ago about that, like. I'm here because I'm a slave to Christ and I can't do anything else. And anything else that I do will be wildly unsuccessful and will fall into the ground because the only thing that God will allow me to do is this. Yeah. That's how you know. You want to know how you're called into ministry? You can't do anything else. Yeah. If you can do, I heard someone say this, if you can do anything else in this world and be okay, (laughs) do it. Yeah. And I found I can't. Yeah. I've been miserable. Right. I'd be right. miserable it's not and happen. That, it's not that you don't have the ability to do something else. Oh, sure. Else. Yeah. It's just that that your heart, your calling won't let you do something else. Well, I else. can't do anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were successful <laughs> in business. Yeah. I was successful in business. Um, but I was but, miserable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, for the, so, look, if you're considering... If you think maybe I want to go into full-time ministry, maybe I want to be a pastor one day, look, that's that's a wonderful thing. Uh, you should consider that, but don't do it. It's like being married. Being married to the wrong person <laughs> at the wrong time, it's awful. Yeah. But being married to the right person at the right time, it's wonderful. And you know what's cool is, I mean, we have to kind of wrap this conversation up, but um, what's really cool about a calling in ministry is when the Lord calls you, um, he calls you at the right time and yeah. equips you with everything that you need. I've seen older older gentlemen and women, you know, in their late 30s, early 40s, who've had a successful career get called in. I'm going to school with a lot of them right now. Yeah. Have, get called into ministry and watching how the Lord is, you know, 
taking someone who spent, you know, the better part of 20 years in a office setting or as a plumber mm-hmm. and, and how he's equipping them to be a shepherd. Yeah. Um, you know, that we have pigeonholed ministry yeah. into being the, the dude that's a TED talker or right. the woman who's a TED talker and can motivate you. Um, but the shepherd is so much more than that. We yeah. need shepherds. Yeah. Right. And the calling to do such a thing is not all like there's this talk. Well, when were you called, brother? Like I should know this. Date I was called times. on May 28th, 1971 <laughs> right. at the Bay Hill Church of God. I was face down <laughs> in the yellow mustard carpet and brother <laughs> brother D. Wayne uh, 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 Jelly Roll came up to me. We called him Brother Jelly Roll and he came up to me and he laid his hands on me. He says, son, you got a call on your life, boy. It's and, a little too accurate. And I was marked. Dude, I feel like a lot of... of a lot of pastors like went to like a, an awesome youth conference where they're in yeah. high school and had this incredible moment and they were told they were going to be pastors. And so that's the trajectory of their life. Yeah. And they weren't actually called necessarily. No. And that's what, you know, what, ha- what that caused, yeah. what that caused, there was a, a, the honest youth pastor just made a post about this oh, on really? Instagram, okay. talked about how at conferences, when they do that, they literally would do an altar call mm-hmm. for callings into ministry. Right. And he's like, first off, like, like if that works for you, that's fine with knocking that. Secondly, churches need to be raising up their own shepherds yeah. like within the yes. institution. But what that caused is it caused an influx of really youth pastors, yeah. but ministers in general. I'm talking like mid-2000s, like 2007 to 2015, the market was flooded. You couldn't get a job as a youth pastor unless you went to Harvard. Wow. And then they all fell out. And now they have literal headhunters going around trying wow. to find youth pastors. That's wild. It caused a sh- it shocked the market per yeah, se. Yeah, like you could not be a, a youth pastor because I, there was so much. It was so uh, saturated. I, I think so many people expect to have like this moment, this momentous calling, like the beginning of the Simpsons, and, and like the oh, clouds Simpsons. part, and it's like you're a pastor. And like, like there's this moment. I never had one of those moments. I just knew in my knower. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just knew that the Lord was. I, I recognized a calling. Yeah. I, I recognized um, an ability, a spiritual ability, so yeah. to speak, that that had. It felt like it descended, uh, yeah. almost. You know, on me. I was like, okay, well, I can do this now. <laughs> Eric's I, making me laugh. I felt it in my toes, Jamie. I felt it in my toes, Jamie. I felt it in my toes when uh, when Brother Jelly Roll came up to me. I felt it in my toes. I felt. I said, whoa. <laughs> It's always about the toes with you. Yeah. It is. And Brother Jelly Roll, I want to meet him someday. Brother Jelly Roll, he's a good man of God. <laughs> he's a beautiful man of God. You can find him up there at the Hardy's on State Road 23. <laughs> Eating biscuits with Jesus. Putting jelly on his, <laughs> on his rolls. <laughs> on his rolls. <laughs> All right, listeners, we're getting ready for a uh, our next segment, and uh, it's called Pester the Pastor. Pester. And it's when uh, I get to ask Jamie any question that I have, even when it comes to me in my dreams, when I get <laughs> when I have dreams about questions to ask him. Please that, save those for when we're the not recording. That'll change the trajectory of our lives. <laughs> um, but we have a really cool question today, and, and uh, maybe we'll get a, both get a chance to answer this. And I think this is really important. Um, Jamie, who's pouring into your cup? Mm. Who's a who? What pastors, speakers, ministers, writers are influencing you right now? Oh, great question. Okay, so that changes over time. It does. I don't have like one guy, and 
I just follow everything he does and I preach all his sermons or something like yeah. that. Uh, which, dude, it's so funny. Someone, like, I've had a couple people ask me recently, like, where do you get your sermons from? I'm like, the Bible? <laughs> what do you mean? They're like, no, do you have like a like a service or something where you're, you know, you get, and I'm like, no. Dude, what was that old website that used to have them? Was it? Was it like sermons.com? Uh, it was sermons. You know what it's called. Sermons.com. No, it, w- it wasn't that. No, I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, did, I tried. It's when I was a like youth, a sermon exchange. When I was a youth pastor, I heard an incredible sermon and I thought, you know what? I'm going to preach this. It was so good. And, and like, it was awful. Yeah. Because it wasn't mine. Yeah. So no, anyway, but, um, so I don't, yeah. So don't, then you just make me preach your sermons on Sunday no, mornings I give and, you're, you and you're like, Hey, <laughs> this is exactly how I want. This is, this is the idea. And these are the points you could use, but did you do it? You could just do what you want to do, but this is what I oh, would and, do. And tell the story about when I was in college. Yeah. And, yeah. And then you get up there and you're like, all right, so Jamie was in college one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So right now I'd say the guy I'm listening to the most is John Mark Comer. Ah, oh, you stole mine. Well, it's because we're yeah we're reading the same stuff. I just finished his book, Live No Lies. Mm, yeah, fantastic book. Highly yep. recommend to any listener out there. Um, I like John Mark. I like his blend of intellectualism mm-hmm. yet um, approachableness, if that's yeah. a word. Um, so he's one historically. I'll I'll just write now. Now look, now listener, look, look. Okay, look, look. When I name someone, and here's here's the problem with today's heresy hunting. We look. talked about that. When I name someone, there's going to be a part of you that says, oh, well, but Jamie, they believe this. Rubber stamp, Jamie endorses everything he ever did. Right. So, like, look, when I mention someone as being an influence, that doesn't mean I agree with them on everything. Yeah. I don't even agree with myself on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I listen to things I've preached. I'm like, yeah, that's doctrinally right, but I don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so... So when I name some names, y'all just chill out, okay? Yeah, chill but, out. Um, when it comes to the art of preaching, oh, communication, you know who I'm going to say? Carrie Newoff? No. Oh, Carrie Newoff's awesome. No, Andy Stanley. Oh, Andy and Stan. And Stan. As, as yeah. when it comes to communication, mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, he's been really influential. That, that dude literally taught me how to preach. Yeah. In in uh, like a ninety page book. I yeah. kid you not. Yeah. No, he's he's great. Communicating for change. He's great. Um, his book, Irresistible, big fan. Uh, do I agree with everything Andy Stanley says? No. Uh, I have to say that for all the heresy hunters. Um, another one, very, uh, a lot of people don't like this guy, but this guy taught Rob me. Bell. <laughs> no, I don't, I've never read anything by him or heard him <laughs> preach. He's got or great stuff, actually. Um, no, this guy taught me about relationship with the Lord, and it's Bill Johnson. Oh, yeah. Um, because growing up in a, a charismatic background, the only example I had of people who believe that God would heal or bless you mm-hmm. was like hyper faith people, like pray the right prayer, confess this, name it, claim it stuff. And I didn't like that because there was no relationship in it. It was like manipulation of God. And then I read When Heaven Invades Earth by Bill Johnson, and it was all based on relationship. And I was like, thank God, someone is not just trying to treat God like a genie. Now, people would say that he is, but um, that first book, When Heaven Invades Earth, was, yeah, was, it was really great. It was one of the first Christian books I actually read was that book. Really? So the second one. The first one was some book about revival. <laughs> revival! Um, Robert Morris from Gateway Church. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't listened to him in a couple years now, Yeah, but he's got a couple books. He's got sermons that I enjoyed. Tim Keller. Yeah, he's great. Tim Keller is, is awesome. Uh, and this is low-hanging fruit. C.S. Lewis. 
Yeah. That's, liking wow. C.S. Lewis loser. is like liking the Beatles. Yeah. It's like everyone does. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not... It's everyone not... everyone likes them, but no one's actually read them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I looked I up a couple... Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. They, no, they, that's like one of his longer ones. They read like uh, like Mere Faith or something Mere like Christianity. that. Yeah, Mere Christianity. Yeah, Mere Christianity. And, and, Christianity and then they were awesome. just like, oh, yeah, I read everything you ever did. I've read uh, Mere Christianity and Screwtape Ladders. Yeah. yeah. I've read that, Screwtape, and The Great Divorce. Oh, I read The Great Divorce. Yeah, I read that one too. Well, um, I read another one that you didn't read. Oh, well, I read what you read before you read it. I read his journals. Oh, oh I have. I got one George McDonald. Have you read his book, George McDonald? I don't even know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Ha! I'm a better C.S. Lewis well, fan. I read his book called... I know him more. I'm C.S. Lewis, and I like Jamie more than Eric. Oh, uh, that's I, haven't read the name. I haven't read that yeah, one yet. Yeah, it was, it was written know, back in the 40s. You know why? Because he burned it. Mm, mm. Okay, online, Mike Winger. Oh, Mike Winger's awesome. He's good. Hey, shout out, dude. What? A cross post on our podcast. I love that guy. So if you haven't seen Mike Winger, I think it's called the Bible Thinker. Yeah, or the Bible Thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does a lot of question and answer stuff. I, what I love, I don't always agree with him on stuff. I usually do, but I, I love the fact that he's so like accommodating to people, and he's he's very humble, and he's like, look, I could be wrong, which yeah. I really appreciate. That's missing from discourse. Oh, one more suggestion, and then I'll ask you the same question, yeah. Eric. Um, the other person, if 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 you just if you're feeling great about yourself and you need to be taken down a few notches, listen to a little Leonard Ravenhill. Oh yeah, man, that guy will take the wind out of your sails, man. You'll mm-hmm. you'll be crying and repenting and and getting saved for the thirteenth time when you listen to him, man. He'll, oh yeah, he'll set you straight. So, what about you, dude? Who's who fills you? Who are uh, because as pastors, we're always giving out, so we got to we've got to fill ourselves. Like we sure. we don't attend to church like everyone else does. So. Who do you read? Who do you listen to? So my list is not going to be as long as yours because I'm being I'm having to pay to be forced to read for school. <laughs> sure. And so that's whoever's pouring to me and is, is whoever's going to get me a good grade in that class. Um, but a couple of people that have been staples for me for a while. First off, like this is, you know, John Mark Comer. Yeah. All day long. Yep. All day long. Big fan. Uh, amazing. You know, his stuff is great. Especially, obviously, his focus is on spiritual disciplines, um, and it's really kind of revolutionized my life as of recent. Um, the second one would be uh, Craig Rochelle. Okay. In- incredible leader. Love. I love his leadership style. Yeah. Gorgeous he's, body. He is positive. <laughs> oh, he's he's he's, he's a gorgeous man. He preaches as though he has authority, like he, yeah. as one with authority. He's like, you know, these are three points that you need to know. To make your life better. Right, right, right. Point one. Right, and there's you know, no question. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's not like, guys, I might be wrong here. Like, yeah. There's none of it's that. It's like, no, if you want your life to be better, <laughs> listen to these three yes. points. No, he's great. Um, and they're all like really great points. Yeah. So uh, he's be- definitely been a huge uh, influence as far as like speaking and, and his leadership style. Uh, Kerry Newhoff, mm-hmm. Newhoff, um, he's a podcaster, one of the best interviewers out there right now. Yeah, sure. Both sure. like in the church world and secular. Like he he is an amazing interviewer. Um, he has a great heart for the Lord, and his leadership stuff is is really good. I read his book on burnout. Um, a great heart for churches and ministers. Yeah, like yeah. if you if you listen to Kerry Newhoff, he'll have preachers you hate and preachers you love on yeah. the same podcast and he gives them the same amount of time and the same, you know, you know, setup. You know, he, he doesn't have favorites. He's just there to interview people. That's why I like him. Um and as far as like theological influences, um here's a couple, you know, Dallas Willard. Um, yeah, I forgot Dallas Willard. Uh-huh, I'm smarter than you. Uh, I'm you stole him. Um, like Dallas Willard, Richard Foster again, those are like people that are all into like spiritual formation and the, your inner life with the Lord. They've been integral. The divine for me. conspiracy. Yeah, divine conspiracy. By Dallas Willard is just uh, a plus um, yeah, 100. Celebration of disciplines, um which is a Foster, I believe. Yeah. Um yeah, have all been really good. Um of course, uh NT Wright 
who uh, some may know him as Tom Wright. He's a he's a, a British theologian. Yeah. Um, part of the the Anglican Church or the Church of England mm-hmm. um, has has written extensively oh, yeah, on the New Testament, uh, particularly around what is called uh, the New Perspective on mm-hmm. Paul. Um, that has really shaped my theology. It's actually shaped theology in the 21st century. Yeah, he has N.T. Wright has a book called Simple Christianity. Yep, that's so good. It's it's based on C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, so his stuff's really good. Um, Baxter Kruger, he's he's more of an unknown one, but he uh, if you want to like understand the love, the Trinitarian love of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, he has a book uh, called The Great Dance, which is really good. Um, and Jesus and the Undoing of Adam, which I are both was, really good. I thought it was called So You Think You Can Dance. No, that's oh. a TV show on CBS. Oh, okay. Um, no, it's called The Great Dance, <laughs> where he, he talks about the Trinity. And then uh, the book that really uh, ministered to me the most was Jesus and the Undoing of Adam. Of course, I don't agree with everything Baxter Kruger says. I know, you have to say that, don't you? Because um, as soon as we don't, someone's yeah, going to... Yeah, you know, well, he's a universalist. He's technically not. But like he, the st- his stuff on the Trinity is amazing. It's some of the best... Like There yeah. is no good teaching on the Trinity, and he's right. I found one. Yeah. Um, and then a John Wesley, been a, hu- a yeah. hugely influenced by the ministry of John Wesley, his teachings, his theology, um, his understanding of of what God is doing, and his ability to just go after it with a passion. Like my, I felt like my particular calling to the body is to 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 not only do the works of the kingdom, but be e- extremely passionate and excited while doing it. Yeah. Um, and John Wesley um, really. You know, sort of hits all those markers for me. So those are that's, those are who influence me right now, dude. You know what I love about John Wesley? Yeah, is you can go back and read some of instructions to the church, and when yeah. it comes to singing, he's like, "Look, sing on key, okay? Yeah, like don't he sing was a, off key." Him and his brother were music snobs. <laughs> they literally wrote hymns. He's literally telling people, "Look, if you can't sing, like, like just learn how." Like yeah. it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's great. Well, he he um he he pioneered what we call small groups. Yeah. He was doing it in the 1700s. What I love about, I love John Wesley's theology, but I think even more is like his practice and implementation of how to do church. Yeah. Which is funny because, you know, the Methodist church, you know, like, and I know they're struggling right now, but. um, Why? I don't want to talk about it. Why are they struggling there? I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to say it? No. I'll say it. Don't. Okay. Um, Anyways, uh, (laughs) I don't know what he was going to say. Yeah. but anyways, so he he sort of pioneered this way of doing church that was that worked for that time. Like he was yeah. John Wesley was trying to evangelize the frontier. Yeah. And so the traveling preachers yeah. and the and, and it's funny the, the Methodist circuit. church, the circuit riders yeah. and and the small groups and the Sunday school teachers and Sunday school, you mm-hmm. know, all these things that he kind of pioneered um and then like we're like trying to make a system out of it but he was just, you know, trying to do it for that time. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I say we be like uh John Wesley and we each get a horse. Mm-hmm. And we ride around yonder into the, into the sunset. Into the no, into the sunset that's later. Um and we go visit everyone and we just be their parson. Their parson? We can be their parson. Oh, person. No, their parson like Parson Brown. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's another word for preacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> it's like, I think the guy on Little House on the Prairie was called Parson. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not old. Oh, that's true. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, who's ready for a little weird news? We haven't done this segment in a while. Yes, yeah, so it's been a little bit. Um, and I, you know I've got a really good news, uh, weird news story for you because it gave, it gave me a really weird pop-up when I clicked on the article. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, listener, um, in between segments... Uh, 
Phoenix was complaining about the AC units. Um, yeah, he's been sabotaging. It's all broken. So, so not only is it the tech equipment, but it's also the AC stuff. So. This world is broken, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Eric. Dude, I can't even read this one on here. Um, all right, so I have here's the here's the news article. Let's see if it doesn't like steal my identity once I click on it. <laughs> all right, man sues. Oh, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just going to have to go based on the title because I'm not clicking that link. Uh, man <laughs> sues dozens over Facebook dating groups negative reviews of him. So so here's the story. So this man's in Chicago, um, and he's a part of the dating groups. Like So this isn't Facebook's dating uh, application that they have. Uh-huh. they have. It's like a Chicago area dating singles group. And apparently what I could gather before it wanted, it took me to this fake Amazon website <laughs> was that uh, when, once you date someone in in this particular group, like that person can come back and leave a review that other people can access. Oh, that sounds awful. And so he's he's being reviewed by dozens Three of women. Three out of five stars would not recommend. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and so what it's he's suing for $75,000. He's suing the people that wrote the negative reviews and the Facebook moderators oh my gosh. for emotional distress. Or it could be this guy's just a tool. I was about to say, I mean, it sounds like those reviews are justified. <laughs> yeah, I was but he earned them, apparently. I, so I have a, a sister who's, who's you know, sort of in the dating world. And yeah. one of the things that she revealed to me that some of you may know is a lot of ladies just date to get free food. Mm. Like, especially in like this Tinder culture and yeah. stuff like that. Like they're like it's it's kind of funny because there's like jokes going around. Like I've only had to pay for like one meal this week because you just set up dates with with poor dudes who are looking for love, and then you use them for food money. You mean you mean like poor dudes? You mean like to be pitied dudes? Yeah, to be pitied because they're like, not poor because they're paying. Yeah, for they're a paying meal. for the meal. And so <laughs> could it be that he wanted to go? Could it be that he wanted to go halfsies on something because he didn't know this chick? Which I think is perfectly fine. And they got and they get a bad review. Right, right. It gets two stars. Right. Wouldn't pay for my macaroni salad. Yeah. So yeah. So Jamie. What would if if you were in the dating game right oh, now? Gosh, what would be some of your negative reviews? <laughs> well, okay. Well, first of all, I am so thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ that I am not in the dating game. Oh yeah, it would be terrible. I mean, it'd be a disaster. It'd be awful. But um, so, what would my negative reviews be? They would they would be jokes too much, uh, talks theology too much. Like um, it's scanning my device now. Oh this pop-up. <laughs> what in the world? I, I would get flagged um, for sure by the, the dating group um, for for like not making eye contact. Because even when I'm at lunch or dinner with someone, yeah. like I'm looking or I'm so easily distractible. If there's a TV <laughs> yeah. in the rest, I'm looking at the TV. Scorbrain. It, it can be golf. I don't I don't watch golf. Who watches golf? Yeah. Like I don't want to see that. <laughs> I was watching an iRobot <laughs> vacuum commercial for like 32 it's minutes. A, the other it's day. a screen. So I'm looking at it. Yeah. And and so when people walk in too, like my eyes dart to the motion and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so yeah, no, I, I'm sure I would get flagged as someone who doesn't pay attention. So so my negative review would be would not shut up <laughs> very gassy. <laughs> four stars though. Uh, like four stars would not shut up very gassy. Except for the neck. Yeah, the neck. Well, they, you know. Would have been five except for the neck. I know. Yeah. yeah, that would probably be another review. Thank you, Phoenix. Are we getting personal today? <laughs> Phoenix's <laughs> Phoenix's uh, negative review would be finds fault with everything. Phoenix never broken. <laughs> broken. Broken. <laughs> Smells like onions. <laughs> 
broke everything so that he could complain about it being broken. <laughs> broke my when I picked him up, he broke my car and then blamed me for my car being broken. We need to buy a new one. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe he'll get paid. He's suing for seventy five thousand uh, dollars. Maybe some of these ladies will learn not to give a negative review to my man. Oh my gosh, in Chicago land who is probably. An absolute jerk, anyways. Yeah, I was about to say, look, look, you look, play the game, win the prizes, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if you go onto a dating app, whether it's a group or whatever, yeah. uh, and and you have negative interactions, like they're not liable, like it's their opinion. Yeah. And whether you like it or not, that's, I mean, that's that's who they are. People are superficial. This is the 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 world we're in. Yeah. Maybe don't try to find someone in a well, Facebook and, group. And maybe let's not review everything in the world. Like yeah. this review culture that we have where everyone has a platform to yeah. give their opinion is just ridiculous. It, wasn't there a Black Mirror episode about that? Where everybody, oh, it was no. like a social credit score, but you could review yes. your interactions with people on there and people could see. How and terrible would that, that be? In China now. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, and like if you had a certain score, then you could actually go places and do stuff. And but if, if you had below, a low score, you right, right. Yeah, yeah it's have awful. That. We have that nowadays with social media. Like the people who are hiring, they they check your social media to check what kind of person you are. Tell them to check. I'm more. sure dating prospects do it too. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would definitely, if I were in the dating game, I would definitely look people up. It's on like the first media. thing you do when you hear someone's name is snoop on them. Look, when people visit the church, we yeah. go to see if they're on <laughs> Facebook. Just, just so you know, you have been judged based on your Facebook page. You know how many times we've laughed in staff meeting about some of the stuff y'all posted, <laughs> thinking no one was going to look at that. We're like, uh, wow, this person obviously smokes weed. <laughs> <laughs> loves it apparently um i love the ones where they they post a, a bible verse yeah uh, and then the very next thing they like post like a quote with like terrible language oh, yeah. that no christian would post oh yeah yeah it's like <laughs> guys on my side and then they like are trashing their baby daddy like right. the very next question like oh okay so there's there's some some stuff going some trauma <laughs> we can deal with that but yeah so like the review culture, I think it's it's going too far. Yeah. Like, so I, I hear that side of this guy's argument, but look, dude, you are not. You cannot control people's opinions. Was it of uh, play stupid game, win stupid prizes? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fool, fool around and find out. Yeah. 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 He's he's he found out. He found he's, out. He's also undateable in the Chicago land area. <laughs> <laughs> now all his reviews are going to be like, went on a date, sued, sued me for defamation. Me. <laughs> right. Right. Well, his name's out there now. It's yeah. all it's all public, you know, domain now. So he deserves it. Yeah. Wow. Poor guy. Hey, look, dude, if you're listening, if you're the guy and you're listening to this podcast, uh, call an appointment and we would uh, love to sit down with you and Eric <laughs> yeah, will we'll interview you. Eric will walk you through Don't, He'll healing. rate the church. He'll rate the church. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Now we are starting uh, Houston. We have a question. Uh, Houston, uh, we have a question. <laughs> that sounded like you were on a breathing machine. <laughs> that was my goal. That's, that's, I want it's to... called a spacesuit, Eric. So, Houston, we have a question. Is when we answer questions that have been submitted by the Sermonauts, uh, our faithful, loyal, wonderful, fun, good-looking listeners. Yes. And um, this one is actually a question I get asked all the time, um, and it's about Bible translations. What is the best Bible translation? Or is there a specific Bible you recommend? Or, you know, out of all these different options, what should we be reading? So I'm going to answer this question. Eric, please feel free to... um, to add your thoughts as well, though I think we're probably going to land on the same place. Okay. King James only. King James only, baby. Yeah. Hey, I mean, 
I do be breaking that out a lot just hey, for no, fun. Nothing wrong with the King James, if you can understand it. I found a lot of people can't understand it. Yeah. Just being honest. So, which brings me to, let me answer the question. They're not saved. I'm going to answer the question, and then we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit. So, okay. the best Bible translation to read is the one that you actually read, comprehend, and apply to your life. All right? There are some whacked out Bible translations out there, but you probably don't know about them. And so that's, I'm not really worried about that. Um, if you are reading the ESV, the NLT, the NASB, the New King James, that like it's the, that's good. They're all fine. Um, and, and I kind of wanted to get into a little bit about why there are different translations, because I've seen this kind of like leveled against Christianity. Like, well, if we can know what the Bible says, how come there's so many translations and versions? And it's like, well, because we're, we have a dead language, Koine Greek, that no one speaks. Um, it's only an academic language, and we're trying our best to get it into the ever-changing uh, version of English that people speak. So that's what's going on. Um, what, do you, what are your go-to translations, Eric? Um, I do think that there are right and wrong answers for that question. Ooh. Um, like, seriously. Let's fight. Like, right now, if you are under the age of 30, 35, don't pick up the King James Version. Yeah. That's not your translation. That's cool to have, but don't, like, don't read that one. Why is that? You, you won't understand it. It's yeah. not the way that you speak. Right. Um, it, it would take you many years. But Eric, but Eric, it's authorized. Yeah, authorized by who? The dude that like just wanted a Bible translation? <laughs> oh, King James? King James, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He had just <laughs> killed Tyndale. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, it, you know, it's questionable. But, but okay. Um, I think my recommendation, at least for, you know, uh, my students, is the New Living Translation. Yeah. To me, that's the translation out there today that most closely mirrors how we speak. Yeah. Um, it's very understandable. Some some of the uh, you know original meaning is lost, but not nothing that's going to completely change the meaning of anything. Yeah. You know of the, of the structure. Um, if if you are looking, you know, so for like as far as devotional use goes, yeah, New Living Translation. Yeah, it's good. Um, if you want something for study, like meaning that you're like, hey, I want to understand the original language a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything to translate idioms. Or, right. or Hebraisms for me. Right. I, I want to be able to see and read what it says. Um, ESV first, English Standard Version. Um, I found that to be a very reliable translation. Um, it is a, a spinoff, I believe, of the, the 1950s NRSV or something like that. Same manuscripts or something. I, could I don't be completely, know. No, it could, no, I'm sorry, NASB. Um, could be completely wrong. Um, but that the ESV is my go-to translation yeah. for almost everything. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a good uh, midpoint. It's a little bit closer to the word-for-word -word, yeah. um, than it is the thought-for-thought. -thought. Right. Um, and then also like the NASB, but I'll be honest with you guys, I have trouble reading that one. It's yeah, really blocky. It's not as it's not as easy to read. So my two favorite, and and the two uh, superior translations, if you want to be better than everyone else, are the NLT and the ESV. Nice. Those are the two that I read as well. Miss, now, I, miss I, me with that CSB business. <laughs> I grew up memorizing scripture in the New King James. Yeah, that's not a bad one either. Um, but, well, because here's okay. Let me let me drop a little knowledge on you guys. Okay, a lot of people don't know this. Okay. There are multiple. Let me. I'm going to get just a little technical here, but you can handle Ooh, it. Don't turn this off. I right? love when you get technical. I bet you do. So here's the deal: there are multiple manuscript families, two of which are the main families that 
Bible translations come from. It's the Byzantine manuscript family and the Alexandrian manuscript family. Okay. The Byzantine family, we have more copies of those. The Alexandrian family, they're closer in age to the original writings, Mm. which are both good things. More copies is good. Closer in original writing age is good. Okay. Um, The King James, the new King James, and I believe the Amplified, what's called the Textus Receptus, which is what like the earliest Mm -hmm. English Bible translations were based on, those are from the Byzantine family. Okay. Okay. Now, everything else, NIV, NLT, ESV, NASB, all of them are based off of the Alexandrian manuscripts. Why? Because Bible scholars, like any scholar of ancient manuscripts, they think it's better if there's less information to translate. Mm-hmm. So the Alexandrian manuscripts have just like not a lot, but just slightly less information. And that's considered a good thing because it's less stuff to get wrong, so to speak. So that's why there was a shift um, after the King James, New King James, starting with like the NIV and some of the other translations, there was a shift to where people, scholars, translators said, you know what, we want to base our translations on the Alexandrian manuscripts, not the um, Byzantine. Now, don't worry, listener, there's not a huge difference between these two. Like, it's not like, like most people don't even notice there are a couple of small things that are different. A couple words are left out here and there. Or, and see, even that's not correct. I just said words are left out. You could just as easily say that words are left out by the Alexandrian or words are added by the Byzantine. Mm. Like, we, we don't know. And so, so, like, King James only people who think that only King James is the right way to go, um, they will like say like the NIV is like the devil's word stuff like that because it takes words out of the Bible. It doesn't take anything out of the Bible. It is a translation of a different manuscript. Yeah. NIV is actually a pretty solid Bible. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. So that's the first thing to understand is that the reason why some Bible translations are different is because they're pulling, they're translating from different manuscript families. The other thing, and you mentioned this already, Eric, and people don't understand this. Why, when I read John 3.16, does it sound different in the ESV and the New King James Version? Those are, they're almost identical. Mm-hmm. Versus the NLT, the New Living Translation. Why does it sound so different? Well, there are two main different approaches when it comes to how to translate the Bible. Um, one's called um, formal equivalence, which is word for word, what you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Formal equivalence, the idea is I want to get the word right. Okay, whatever the word means in in Greek or Hebrew, I want to get that right. Mm-hmm. And then there's dynamic equivalence, which says I want to get the idea right, and that's called thought for thought. A yeah. Lot. So formal is word for word, dynamic is thought for thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? So I'll give you one example. So the the Great Commission, uh, Matthew twenty eight twenty, um, Jesus says, uh, "Go into all the world, go to all the nations." Uh, uh, and it says this in the New King James, which is formal, says teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. Okay, observe is the right word. If if you look that up in Greek, observe is the word that should be translated into English. Observe is the word. Observe is the word. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to break some of that up. I appreciate it. But here's the problem: in today's culture, observe doesn't mean to do. Observe means to look at. Mm-hmm. And so the New Living Translation, which is dynamic, 
thought for thought, they translate it, teach them to obey yeah. all that I've commanded. What's the right word? Observe. But what's the right meaning? Obey. Mm-hmm. So which one's right? They're both right. Yeah. It depends on which question you're asking. Are, are you going for the, the most accurate word for word, but you might not understand everything fully? Yeah. Or are you going for the most accurate thought for well, thought? You'll understand it, but sometimes well, they switch the words well, it's, out. It's the difference between I was observing your mom or I was <laughs> obeying your mom. Right. right. Two completely different meanings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're exactly right. And thanks for <laughs> thanks for bringing my mom into it. <laughs> so, so... Listener, uh, if if you're still here with us, I feel like this is the most boring episode we've ever done. No, it is not. (laughs) If you're still with us. I was going to do that earlier, but I didn't want to throw them off. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been funny. Um, So that's what, but it is complicated. It is. It's it's, And that's why people just, instead of learning the truth, they just create these factions, King James only. And then you've got these paraphrases out here, like the message, which is not a translation. Yeah, no, you never, it's funny you get these factions, but no one's like... Byzantine, right? Alexandria, because right. those right. are the only two that all the rest of them are coming from. Well, bro, <laughs> I'm really into dynamic, dynamic <laughs> equivalents right now, man. Uh, yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah, and so they don't understand why these different translations exist. And let me let me say one last thing, my charismatic Pentecostal friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new translation out there called the Passion Translation. Heresy. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! The Passion. Um. So Brian Simmons is the guy that did this. Uh, there are some problems with this. Okay, uh, from a scholarly perspective, there are some pretty big issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that he is using what he's calling Aramaic manuscripts. He's just making up stuff. Well, they're not actually Aramaic; they're Syriac. Uh, they're they're later in in years from like mm-hmm. the 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 Alexandrian Byzantine Greek yeah. that we have, um, and. But it's a beautiful language, yeah. And, and I think that there's some utility from it. Mm-hmm. I personally, I love reading the Passion Translation. I do. I love I've, it. I've never read the first. I chapter, love his, not for any particular reason. I love his notes. But here's the. But so that's the first problem is that he he's using a, not only a different family of manuscripts, a different language altogether. Mm-hmm. Secondly, is a translation is supposed to be um, objective. Yeah. And he, although I agree with a good bit of his theology as a charismatic myself. He infuses charismatic theology and words into yeah. the translation that aren't there. I would not recommend the Passion Translation as your main translation because I don't think it's a translation. Okay, mm-hmm. but I found great utility in it personally. And put it after the message because you're not going to dump on Eugene Peterson. No, like that. I loved Eugene Peterson. Yeah, the mm-hmm. message is great. Although some of his um, aphorisms and and stuff that he used, some, some of the language that he uses. Are you a Semitic scholar, Jamie? Some of it. Well, I'm not the Semitic part. I'm sure he's right. Some of the American idioms he uses, like no one uses anymore. He wrote it in the 70s. I know, and so it doesn't always sound right. Yeah. you know. So, but it's it's really helpful. So, look, listener, read your Bible, read it now, right now. Hit pause. Read it. No, don't. <laughs> You're driving, Jamie. Jeez, we're liable for stuff like that. Take your hands off the wheel and grab your Bible right now. <laughs> Let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, Not the Sermon. You got any closing thoughts for us, Jamie? My closing thoughts are it's time to close, Eric. Awesome. Phoenix, closing thoughts? 
We could have come up with lyrics. Yeah. Okay, let's just do it. Off the dome. Right. You ready? Closing time. Now it's time to stop the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Another one. Closing time. <laughs> we release on Mondays, so we hope that you can get some sleep. Not the sermon podcast is the best. Not the sermon podcast is the best. Not the sermon podcast is the best. It's the best. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Victory Fellowship Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Eric and Jamie can be reached at emailing notthesermon at gmail.com. Gracious and compassionate, wasn't it?